hey there, I have a feeling that you buy stuff off of Amazon. If I'm right, you can actually help out the network by going to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar and using the Amazon link there. That is an affiliate link that uh, gets us a kickback every time you buy something. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash tipjar. Doesn't cost you anything extra, and it does a lot to help us out. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Illusory Wall. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a beastly favorite. Yes, and this week we are talking about Hemwick Charnel Lane, uh, which is a fun area off of the Cathedral Ward. And uh, as you heard, we are joined once again by Illusory Wall, who you may remember from last season's special episode about data mining. Hey, Illusory, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah, so, so for people, I mean... We do our best to make sure people who listen to the show are familiar with what you do, and we, we reference it a lot. But in case anyone is listening and doesn't know, can you talk a little bit about uh, your relationship to Souls and kind of the the place that you have in the, the community? Um, I spend a lot of time sort of testing weird mechanics and also trying to look for unused content. Uh, so pretty much any time there's something that's really not too well understood about the games, I try my best to sort of dig into it and see if I can find out anything new. Yeah, if you it's uh your works over at um losurywall.tumblr.com mm-hmm. um which is an and highest recommendation. Like it is uh, well, I you. I visit, visit that website frequently to check for updates. I don't subscribe to any tumblers because I don't, <laughs> you know, I just that's not how I interact with the internet, but I just mm-hmm. check it um frequently and uh I'm I'm way into it. And especially like there's um you know, there's not only one of the things I like is that not only do you uh, find this stuff, but then also you're genuinely interested in it. So when you find somebody else who has found this stuff, um, mm-hmm. you, you'll link it as well. I, I put it on our Facebook page, the guy uh, who you linked, who explored that village at the bottom of Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Oh, the- yes. And actually, um, that guy's doing some testing right now, uh, learning new stuff about how world tendency works. So we're going to be that- preparing something on that. <laughs> That's very cool. Six like, years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. still, still learning yeah. about uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you uh, you helped uh, bust open vagrants a little bit, like mm-hmm. did some of the most extensive uh, testing there, and uh, mm-hmm. have done some stuff with kind of the world geography and Dark Souls too. What's yep. kind of your, your your white whale or your big task for uh, for Bloodborne? Like, what's the uh, where do you where do you heading for? This is going to sound so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like with Bloodborne, a lot of stuff was pretty much figured out uh, with the with the guide. You know, like everything was pretty much in there. Um, mm-hmm. Because with the lack of covenants and stuff, there hasn't been. I feel like as many nuanced mechanics, like with the past couple Souls games, there might be something like Sin, where you don't really know all the details of how it works. But I feel like Bloodborne was pretty much covered pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the loose ends that's intriguing to me, I was going to talk about this later in the episode, um, is enemies that have unique audio to them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's necessarily like any secrets to be found, but just stuff that could be easy to miss. Um, like sometimes you'll have an enemy model that throughout a level like it will usually make the same sounds, but every now and again, there seem to be like certain ones that will be like the only one in the entire game that like says a few lines. 
So I'm hoping to like maybe try and find all of those and maybe make a compilation or something. Huh. Yeah, that would be really interesting because we, we've talked about that. One of the things we, we talk about with Bloodborne is how one of the principal ways it feels different than our Souls games is that, you know, the enemies talk to you like these are sentient mm-hmm. uh, creatures you're fighting. And then um, after when we did the episode where we talked about Father Gascoigne, um, someone on our Facebook mentioned that the brick troll that's down at the bottom of the ladder has like a unique line that I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been kind of listening mm-hmm. uh, for stuff like that. And But I haven't been able to find a compilation of them online. So that right. would be really cool. Yeah, like there's an example. I'll bring it up later in the episode. But there's also a uh, brick troll in this level that I'm pretty sure is the only one to do this sort of thing. So that's cool. Yeah, nice. I, I, I dig that shit. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like my, my biggest project with Bloodborne right when it came out was to do level range testing. Um, but that's pretty much squared away now. So uh, we already have like a working calculator and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so, yeah, that's that, that the level ranges are usually like the first thing I always try to jump into. Um with the Souls games, since I know that's like in high demand. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, with that out of the way, it's just sort of open to just poke around at whatever seems fun. Yeah, very cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm way into it. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. I, mean, I guess I should quickly mention the other big thing is cut content, but no one's like cracked the PS4 format, I guess. Mm-hmm. And as I've mentioned before, I'm not really that big on the technical aspect of that. I usually just sift through stuff that other people find. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm like waiting, waiting for someone to figure out how to dump the Bloodborne files because that would be immensely awesome to actually find out what sort of unused content is there. But I, I have not seen like any progress on that front. So who knows how long that'll take? Right. It would also be awesome so we can pull clean audio <laughs> clips for the beginning yes. of episodes yeah. and the like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without yeah, the mouth breathe filter. Like, who, who knows? That that probably won't even happen until uh, after you're done with the season. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, welcome <laughs> the story of Bonfire Side Chat. Yep, <laughs> I mean, it happened with Demon Souls. So right. we, we got all the way through that season before people started putting that stuff up. Yep. So um, yeah, I'm I'm also waiting for that. Like I love I love trivia. Like I love unused stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's like so in- interesting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and the monster design is so un- like universally good in Bloodborne that I'm curious to see if there's anything weird like the like the owl people hiding around. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Something yeah. like kind of really crappy. <laughs> yeah. Or or if it's anything that hints at what they're going to do with the the expansion. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So all all uh, roads of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're yeah, we're super happy to have you. On uh, on one of my favorite areas of the game, yeah, um, yeah, this area rules. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really really good. I find I'm really drawn to Bloodborne's like uh, kind of modular areas that are cut off from the rest of the game. Like I like these little side paths. Quite Short a bit. stories, man. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, what did we do uh, last time, Cole? So last time uh, we finally reached the apparent seat of the healing church in the cathedral world. Uh, ward, cathedral it's world, the cathedral world. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The theme park (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got there only to defeat their transformed vicar and learn a password that is used where what so (laughs) the 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 nearest apparent path leads us to a wooded village and uh, a whole new kind of horror for this game yep it should be noted that we could have done this before we did vicar amelia Mm -hmm. um we also this is not the critical path this is another one of the bloodborne gobsmack smackingly like optional areas (laughs) I go, I don't have to do this? Weird. But it is, you get a huge gameplay advantage to doing it in yeah. addition to just having the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so th- this is the first time we've actually left uh, Yarnum. 
Um, so this is the kind of wooded village that's on what's known as the frontier. Yes, as indicated by the fact that you use a different headstone uh, to get the uh, to get to the lamps here, uh, meaning that the headstones are like the archstones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is this is uh, Spooky Town, USA. <laughs> like this is this is uh, not Edgar Allan Poe and Victorian werewolves. This is. Um, like defiled, decrepit villages full of like unseen rites <laughs> and uh, and who just, you know, string up outsiders and decorate their houses with them. Like this is, you know, the the, the we went through the the kind of werewolf stories. We're going to eventually end up in the, the cosmic stuff. But this mm-hmm. is the Lovecraft of like the picture in the house and the festival and stuff. Yeah. This is it, like t- Town of the Dark Secret. It's like you've gone from uh, New York City to West Virginia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a, a wicker man would not be out of place right <laughs> yeah and uh you know appropriately like this area is presided over by this coven of witches uh who are obsessed with eyeballs and that eyeball obsession seems to be kind of a theme uh that we have encountered here uh somewhat subtly with the statues uh having their eyes occluded uh but uh it, it is even in this primitive area that is uh holding true yeah, and and we'll we'll talk about why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I find this to be one of the more lore inscrutable parts of the game. Yes, um, and the the bosses and stuff. And spent all of today that I've been awake, and I sleep in pretty late. <laughs> but I've spent a couple hours today just kind of digging at threads and trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah, there is nothing. It's hard. Like it is hard, and mm-hmm. I. It makes me wonder if there's more information to be revealed, or if it is literally just like a very gameplay heavy area you know, like kind of focused area without so much kind of to the, to the lower side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what we can come up with is this is either, um, and this is the, the first thing that you have here I thought of as well, even though there are, I don't think it's actually true, but it was right. the first thought I had, is that this place is possibly affiliated with Canehurst, which we'll, we'll talk about way later in the season. Um, but that is the, you know, we learned a little bit about it from, uh, from Alfred already, um, the home of the Vile Bloods. Um, it is a, a kind of a faction in this world, and this mm-hmm. is nearby that. Yes, um, but doesn't share very much else with it. Right, um, it just sort of feels like it's all along the way to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's you know, Canehurst is all about the blood, mm-hmm. and this place is all about the eyeballs in a way that like <laughs> the most anything can be about eyeballs. Like this is this is like a thousand optometrist stacked to the moon like, this is like up, this is up there with blade runner <laughs> yeah yeah this is well, more so i would say this is this is like 20 blade runners like, this is so eyeballs <laughs> so so much eyeballs yeah <laughs> yeah um the other connection to an area we're going to talk about later is uh yahar um <laughs> uh and uh, the idea of kind of where these r- ritual body parts that we're going to be using to get into these uh the, these labyrinths are coming from so hemic being a uh, kind of a, a place where bodies tend to be, as we're going to see when we get into it, uh, that is another possible thread as well. Um, possibly kind of confirmed by some of Eileen's dialogue talking about these uh, the, or, or her item descriptions talking about the ghastly yarn and burial rituals. Yeah. So I mean, there are like bodies and sacks here. Yeah. So it could be literally this is the village that grew around their cat, like their, their river runoff mm-hmm. of corpses from Yargul, because I don't think that. This is where the the Yargle rituals take place, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're different rituals. Yeah, like the people in the the in Yargle and the the school of Mensas have different kind of end goals than than Chalice Diven, mm-hmm. you know, which is where you get stuff 
from here. So like it could be, but it could be something that like grew like in the ecology grew up around that. Yeah. I think, which I kind of like that idea as or well. Just ser- serves a need for bodies. Yeah. 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 So not, not totally sure, but that's close. Do you have any ideas? Illusory did this, uh, you know, I mean, not that you have to, like I said, we spent a long time digging at it, but like, mm-hmm. does that square with what you've thought about or do you have any, anything no, else? That you thought? Yeah. No, the lore for this area has totally escaped me. Um, yeah, I've never really even thought too much about how it fits into the rest of the game. I think I get easily distracted if uh, an area is just really fun to play and looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's usually, if an area is like a lot smaller and doesn't have much to it, I might be thinking, you know, what was the point of this? Um, but the whole level, the way it's designed, has these really cool set pieces that connect to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found myself just completely forgetting about how it re- relates to the rest of the game and just getting absorbed into the area. So it's definitely like that short short story aspect to it um, where I was lost on how it was connected, but didn't even really seem to notice. Yeah, it's, it's a story told through atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of Because this is some, one of the strongest like senses of, of place and sense of atmosphere mm-hmm. in the game, I think. Like this is foreboding in a way that no other part of the game is foreboding, right. which, uh, which I really love. Right down to the name, even like when you walk into this and you see the you, you see the, uh, the, the the little title pop up, it's just like yes, of course, there's something called the Charnel Lane. Yeah, and Lane is such a, a Paul McCartney esque word. <laughs> like it makes it sound way more <laughs> cheerful than it actually is. Like, like I, you never think of like a Lane as being anything sinister. Oh, but, something uh, something funny about the name too, which I learned from one of Epic Name Bros videos. Uh, I, I would have never noticed this in game, but. Uh, when you walk into the area, it actually has the name written in English uh, above, mm. like, the entranceway. There's, like, a piece of wood that says Hemic or Hemwick, however you pronounce it. And it's mm-hmm. like, huh, that's odd. You don't really see that <laughs> in the Souls games. That's- yeah. yeah, like, this is known as that to the people in the in the world. Right. You know, as opposed to just the player. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Very odd. And just odd to see it written out with, like, H-E-M. You know, like, there's, like, places in the Souls games where, like, maybe the book's in the Duke's archives have like English writing on them, but that's more of a case of just kind of like picking from stock textures. I think, you know, it's not supposed to be an implication of the languages used in the world, but uh, it's the first time I've seen like an area or anything that major just use English on it. It's kind of odd. Well, especially when you consider, well, this is getting a little bit ahead of things, but um, Mm -hmm. the tombstones in here, the texture they used is, is Polish writing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually like make them out like there there's it's translatable. Hmm. Um, and it says something like to a good, like to a good departed wife or something like that, which like, if it wasn't written in Polish, you would think that could be an intentional lore thing, but I think they just grabbed a texture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think from, the same from thing. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is, a uh, you know, when you have this, uh, English stands out like any written language you can read, yeah. not in an item description, like in the real world definitely stands right. out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've started doing the theses again for the different areas, and this one's pretty strong and also pretty simple. And it's not all streets and wolves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're we're out of the, you know, we, we got a taste of being out of, of Yarnum with Old Yarnum, which felt a little bit different, but this feels way more different. Yeah. And that could, but some of my affection for this area probably comes from it being the first major area I explored that was, that felt 100% different. Yeah. And after Central Yarnum and um, even Old Yarnum to a certain extent, having something that is kind of as linear as this is, mm-hmm. um, is is a little bit of a, of a unique thing or a special thing as well. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, so let's talk about how we get down here. Um, you know, you go left from the uh, the cathedral where Amelia is, and you enter this first kind of vestibule area, uh, the Hemwick Woods. Yes. Uh, 
And yes. uh, uh, there's a corpse here where you find one of those bloodshot eyeballs, and you're going to be finding a lot of those well before you can actually use them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in volumes that you probably won't use them for a while. Right. You know, just, just drowning in this eyeball-based economy. <laughs> yep. And uh, they like, just in case you don't know, those are used for chalice uh, stuff later on. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll be talking about those soon enough. Yes. But uh, as you go down here, this is uh, this is a wide open kind of forest wooded area that is peppered uh, with uh, riflemen, with huntsmen who are going to be taking shots at you while their dogs are coming after you. So this is this is kind of the huntsman's cops um, uh, very tightly packed in. But with with uh, ranged attackers. Yes. Like it is like the huntsman's cops, with, but with, literally uh, hunters. Yeah. Yeah. With with, you know, and it's it's hard mm-hmm. like this area, you know, they, they cover each other. Like if you aggro one, they're very difficult to pull um, because they're obviously the range attacker. So if you get one's attention, it just gets everyone's attention and they just shoot at you. Mm-hmm. So this was like the my first time through this area. I had a really rough time. Um, this is where I first busted out the poison daggers. Um, or the first time I, I may not be the very first time, but I definitely end up making use of those to just kind of, you know, tag somebody and hide behind a tree and wait for them to die just to thin out their <laughs> ranks. Um, you know, just because it's very easy to get stunned by them and the, the hunters and the dogs work so well together because, you know, while you're getting attacked by the dog, it's very difficult to move and it's very easy to take a couple shots. Yeah. And, you know? uh, there, there are often so many of them that taking cover from one that you can see will open you up to another one, uh, that you can't see. Yeah, they're they're really well placed. Yeah, yeah and the dogs here are more dangerous than the dogs earlier in the game too. Yeah, they, yeah, these are these are better, stronger dogs. Yeah, yeah, these are they, they're spikier. Yeah, they, have, they they look a little bit more like uh, bristlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, something I did because I played through that area last night too. I I never played through it in the daytime before, so I want to write that wrong before we recorded the episode. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I don't feel like fighting everything in here. I just sprinted through the area. Um, but when I opened open the door, you know, I had a couple dogs that chased after me. So I just used the shaman bone blade on them so they could fight each other off and I could just kind of keep running away. So. <laughs> you monster. Michael Vickian monster. <laughs> yeah, I love, you can't I shaman, love the, bone uh, shaman blade a dog blade and, a lot. That and weapon rules. Yeah, but you're you're participating in dog fights. It's awful. And that, and just, <laughs> they're, they're demons. It's fine. I guess that's true. Like, and, and it's not it's not that different than like putting a, you know. Uh, uh, hound, hound doom versus uh, uh, snubble in Pokemon. <laughs> so, yeah, your 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 Growlithes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something else you're going to notice when you walk into this area, aside from aside from these uh, um, uh, huntsmen taking pot shots at you, is that like this is pretty much wall to wall shallow graves. Yes, and that continues yeah. as well. And they're graves on top of graves on top of graves. Yeah. Like it is, yeah, it's deep. There is a, there, there is a theme. And when you go out to these different kind of enclaves of the, of the huntsmen there, you find that they're actually guarding some really, really good upgrade materials. And that's kind of one of the big reasons to come here, aside from how fun it is to play, is that like, if you're having trouble with any of the bosses uh, from prior uh, places, you can dip in here and actually really give yourself a one up on upgrading your items. Well, and, and not least of which because of the item you get at the end. Well, yeah. Which allows you to activate your, your ring slot, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, there, This has an insight thing. When you went through here, Illusory, did you go through here with the uh, the required insight? Have you done both, like, uh, without the insight and with? The uh, the first time I played, I did. Um, hmm. So I had stockpiled a lot of insight because I was doing uh, the, like, level range testing. Um, mm-hmm. The first yeah. test I did was to try and find out 
uh, how many enemies, uh, how much like echoes other players drop online, because you can use that to find out their levels. Oh. So I had like way, way more insight than I think a normal player would have uh, by their, you know, the point you'd reach this area. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't even learn until somewhat recently that those things don't show up, uh, like that they have a requirement. Hmm. Yeah, um, typically on my my first time through, I definitely didn't have enough insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them but then on subsequent times i i've gone through with it and when i went through to refresh my memory and when i come back to uh to visit canehurst right. i always have it and it's always a kind of a surprise yeah yeah yeah. i think my first time through the area i probably had like at least 60 insight so wow mm. yeah. yeah what we're referring to is there's a special enemy that pops up here called mad ones mm-hmm. yeah and uh they uh, are very spooky they've got kind of this shaggy bramble of something or other and they're very tall and lanky and uh they they hit very hard and very fast and they have tons of resistance yeah like they're mm-hmm. they're hard to uh hard to kill unless you have a, like i think a fire weapon mm. is good against them I, I would need to double check that but they have a lot of physical resistance and then on my character i'm going through for the show i'm just doing a, a strength build and he's using the uh the tantatrist tanta tanta tantatrist 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 and uh they that doesn't do very much to them either like my my regular axe does just as well. So, the, uh, the they're they're pretty tough, and uh, and we're going to run into them more often. But I love the way that they spawn from the ground, <laughs> like from those uh, red swirling portals. Yeah, there's one that appears um, right out in the forest as soon as you actually get into the woods. Um, so if you warp to the bonfire here, there's one that appears behind you. Like you just hear a sound and turn around, and one of them rises <laughs> from the ground. <laughs> it's a really cool moment. Yeah. I'm I'm taking a, taking a look here and seeing if they're listed as uh, being kin or beast, but hmm. uh, I cannot find that information. So, oh, they, uh, they, 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 they are they are neither. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's not something I've looked up yep. before. Yeah. Um, so once you make your way through the forest and you you've either braved or ran past the hunters, um, you actually get into the uh, the village itself. You know, you see that sign that Illusory mentioned, on the big gate and a, a very welcome lamp, and uh, you see this this huge kind of building in the distance. Um, here, but this is a weirdly laid out area. Um, the way the shortcut works in relation to each other, and then the way that the actual final area looks from as your approach, all these things are kind of strange. Yeah, here. but the angles are off a little bit. It feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and uh, just it, it very much is like walking down a crooked hallway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and at this point, you know, uh, you can kind of go off. Um, no, that's a little bit further down. So you, you only have one direction to go down now. Um, again, you're yeah. just seeing gravestone upon gravestone. Um, but you head down and you get to the uh, the first area where you see enemies here. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really like affecting because they're dancing. They're dancing and you can hear this kind of mad laughing as you approach. Like even, yeah. as, even as you open up the gate. Yep. This is this is where it becomes uh, rural West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I live in West Virginia, so hopefully I'm not offending anyone. So. <laughs> um, yeah, they're 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 half tilted on moonshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all gumo in this. Shit. I mean, I guess that's Ohio, but that's the uh, um, like gumo, man. There are parts I, I, of your, there's parts of your state that are no. I I know. I was just gonna say like that. <laughs> That part of that part of the state is indistinguishable from uh, from West Virginia. Right. <laughs> because of the, the blurred lines between between the two. Yeah. It's just the, the swamp people areas. Yeah. Um the uh, uh and one of the there's one of them that's praying at a gravestone and you can't uh, lock onto her. Mm-hmm. Um so she's kind of invisible. So that's kind of the way they set up these ambushes. If you lock onto the first dancing witch, 
um, the one and walk towards her, the one that's praying at the gravestone will aggro. Yeah. And these kind of act like huntsmen uh, insofar as they have a, a, a wide variety of weapon loadouts. Some mm-hmm. of them are carrying these very uh, um, fierce looking irons on the end of poles that are like, uh, they look like spears that have been heated up in a fire. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them have these uh, gigantic mallets and stuff. Yeah, comically and... huge sledgehammers. <laughs> yep. And these Gallagher three-esque, like... <laughs> <laughs> like these, yeah, it's a, it's a Tom and Jerry mallet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and ambush is pretty much their their primary verb. This is this kind of is a... This whole area is a donut around this large uh, statue of a uh, robed, hunched figure. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out that figure, and I couldn't. Um, then that's just the the theme of like statues in this area. I can't quite figure out Mm -hmm. because there are a bunch of in the boss arena as well that I don't really understand what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, cause they don't, they're not the same statues that we've seen. They're not like stock Yarnum statues. (laughs) You know, these are unique statues, but I don't know who they're of. Right. My best guess is that they're of the witches, but that is tenuous. They don't, yeah, they don't have the same body shape Yeah. and the witches have such a, like a totally unique silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're kind of, they're, they're hunchbackery, you know, that is like, the, this area is about eyeballs to the degree that they're, but they're about hunchback. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen an, a back hunch like this. <laughs> um, so this is, I, I don't know what, uh, you know, so it could be the witches, but maybe the witches uh, in their younger, their salad days. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, there's also torture equipment here. There's a, there's a body on a guillotine kind of table that has a, that has another bloodshot eye as well. Mm-hmm. So this is continuing. That wasn't just a, just a fluke. And if, if you head off to your right, there's this, uh, this building that is just uh, decorated with hanging bodies and bags <laughs> um, in a really grotesque way. Yeah. And, I- uh, yeah, I was uh, I was approaching those and I, I just I kept my eyes peeled because I was expecting those bodies to move. Oh, man. Like a the, RE4. Yep. Like the, <laughs> just, yeah. Just to have them have them writhe around a little bit. You know, something that we go through a lot in the Souls games, we talk about what area would smell the worst. <laughs> oh, God. And this has to be up there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Like there, <laughs> there are just more dead bodies. Like there's not so much feces. Mm-hmm. As there are in some other areas in, in Souls games, but there are a lot of dead bodies, like yeah. per capita. Yeah, like an upset, like not not quite Valley of Defilement upsetting because that's feces and corpses. Yes, but this is this is probably the highest corpse per capita, <laughs> per 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 corpsita. Yeah, I mean, other than possibly uh, New Londo ruins, but those corpses have been all like underwater forever. Yeah, that's basically mud at this point. Yeah, like they would just they would just literally sluice away if you touch them. So I guess the question is, what's the uh, best smelling area? Oh, <laughs> not about that. <laughs> Maybe um, uh, C- Canehurst. It's got people cleaning there, so yeah, <laughs> it right. smells like Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Canehurst is not a bad because it's all ghosts, right? Yeah, you know, there are a lot of rotting feasts. Oh, I suppose. There. Yeah, yeah. The roofs of Canehurst probably smell lovely, though. Like just like well, fresh it is cold and snowy out, so that yeah. might mask yeah. some of the smells. Uh, I was gonna say, like, if you if you're looking for something that was that that would just smell inert, it would probably be uh, probably be like uh, the painted world, right? Just something so frozen that no, not, nothing really, yeah. nothing, nothing is really yeah. happening there biologically. Although, let let let's let's see here, um, the illusion version of an Orlando. Ooh. Oh, and it's, yeah, it's all statues yeah. and factory stuff. Oh, factory illusions. Yeah, yeah. Like, do, does does uh, Gwendolyn make it smell like, you know, fresh laundry? 
Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, it's 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 eighty. It's eighty percent cathedral, so you have to imagine there's going to be sensors and stuff. Like aside from three one, that's the only real like yeah. Yeah, I love the smell of wafers. And, and, and the, the sensors in three one are coming out of human faces. Like I bet you that doesn't smell like good incense. Yeah. Um, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> good, good question. We never, never thought about like what might smell nice. Uh, hmm. And, and there's going to be one area that we for, that we completely forgot. Like I'm sure Firelink probably smells okay. There's not an awful lot happening there. Although that is above the graveyard, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah, it's above the graveyard, and right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and also Fram's breath. Shit. Yeah. He's just constantly oh, yeah. Say, literally, yes. Frank's <laughs> breath. Or Fram's breath. Colon. Shit. Um, for all the turds who feed him. Um, oh, that was a fun season. The, um, <laughs> but uh, this is an NPC here, um, which is, it's one of the NPCs. I don't think she actually gets replaced when all the NPCs or a lot of the NPCs get replaced either. Hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that. Um, but she she changes like everyone does. And when you first run into her, um, she kind of has some non-additive atmospheric <laughs> things to say Yeah, that, that don't make that much sense. Can you hear the graveyard murmur? Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yep. And eventually she just starts making beast noises. Yeah. If you come back later after you've moon shifted. <laughs> moon shifted. Yep. Like yeah. There's a, there's a broken ladder back around the house. And just like every time I look at that ladder, I'm like, man, I wish I could go yeah. in there. But like, you know. Yeah. It really looks like you could, you could use it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was also, I had that today when I went back. Um, this is also where the shortcut is, but we haven't uh, opened it up yet. It's just a inoperable elevator at this point. Yeah. So with that, um, uh, way closed off to us, we have to head out the back of the village and make sure that you turn around because you can actually see, um, some of the big bridges in central Yarnum mm-hmm. as you're leaving this, uh, this area. So again, it's really cool to see one area from another. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so you kind of continue your way down, um, past this village square, um, into this little, uh, I would want to call it a graveyard, but like the whole thing is just graveyard. <laughs> yeah. I always read this little area as a graveyard, but it's all graveyard. Like another little ambush point Yeah, where there's it's... a Molotov tossing, uh, witch or a, a lady up top and, uh, and a, a mallet wielding dancer that comes down. Yeah. kind of ambush you with dogs it's weird because this is the this is kind of the one area in this uh, the, the you know the one area in the zone that feels like it was built to be defensible yeah mm-hmm. yeah um you know you make your way around here you run into a, a brick troll uh here mm-hmm. is this the brick troll that you were you were mentioning earlier illusory uh no this one's a little bit later uh, oh, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll just check with each one. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's only, there's only like two. I think there's only like three in the level or something, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this guy, he is kind of guarding uh, like a like a big gate, like a big portcullis that uh, uh, you are eventually going to open from the other side, making this a very shortcut rich area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and, uh, uh, as it yeah, stands, a... again, you have to go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's another uh, little ambush down here as you, you pass this. Um, like a literal, literal, just like a little tucked in closet. Mm-hmm. Where there's there's a, a witch that will will take you out, just kind of playing in a defensive little uh, bit, yeah. um, and you can drop attack her too yeah. if you want to, which is nice. Um, yeah, it's defensible. Um, so you kind of pass by some crows. Um, this is where that elevator actually leads to. I'm surprised mm-hmm. there are more crows because those are the, like they're established to be carrion birds, and they love eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, like they, they they drop pebbles which look just like little eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're all just relegated to like crow corners. <laughs> Things going downhill in crow corners. 
marvelous estates down at crow corners yep yeah but uh they're there outside of this uh the 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 top part of this elevator that takes you back down which uh lets you skip i guess that defensible area so you don't have to fight that brick troll again it's another one of those things where like i also welcome the return of shortcuts and bloodburn bloodborne bloodburn um (laughs) bloodborne but also a lot of them are of kind of limited usefulness yeah so it's nice to see them but like i never use the shortcut Mm -hmm. you know well i I do like how this um shortcut sort of connects to the next one i I guess we can talk about that when we get to that one though Mm. yeah because it sort of like turns you around it's like you have one shortcut that bypasses (laughs) this one little chunk of the level and then you can use it to sort of chain into this other shortcut it's the way it's shaped is a little odd but uh i like it yeah. When you say the other shortcut, you mean walking through the uh, portcullis? Yeah, because I like going up the yeah. like you go up the elevator and then you can like hang a left to go to the portcullis. So yeah, I, I, I like that little path there. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but but this is as close as we get, I think, to kind of a classic Demon Souls level structure a little bit, yeah. where where the critical path is at first a long like snaking S kind of shape, and then the like the the, the path that you ultimately ultimately open up is a straight line that cuts right through it across yeah. all the curves you know like like this is like it, it's like an accordion of level design yeah yeah and those are always my favorite levels too yeah. like i love that uh that demon souls design mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um but over here beyond this you have a uh a, a very rickety plank bridge that uh takes you to another brick troll that uh for me was kind of a very stark reminder that visceral attacks only work if you are on the same plane as the enemy and it doesn't yeah. work on a hill so like fighting this guy for me is I always forget that uh, take a couple of hits and then have to run back to a point where I can get him on even footing. And the thing with the visceral attacks that can be a little annoying too is sometimes they do work on like sloped surfaces, but it's just not very consi- like it's hard to know what the cutoff is like with, you know, your difference in height or whatever. So, yeah, uh, so like a lot of times I'll still try it thinking like, oh, I might get it this time. And then just like, mm-hmm. nope. Oh, but yeah, yeah, this is all, this is also the uh, brick troll that I was talking about. Hmm. Um, if you don't cross the that rickety bridge and just sort of hang out on the other side and watch him walk back and forth, he has like this like twenty second loop where he just paces around. And uh, when he comes into view, like at the end of the bridge, he does like this kind of really anguished uh, wailing. Like he hmm. does this weird moan. Huh. Um, and I, I just recorded a YouTube video of it earlier today, so I guess I could link that to you guys. Maybe put it in the show notes. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. I don't recall any of the other ones having this particular sort of um, moaning sound. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe it's something I didn't notice before. But, uh, yeah, if listeners want to check that out, I'd be interested to see if that's like a, if it's totally unique here. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That seems to be uh, like that repetitive behavior seems to be a hallmark of these guys. Because remember, our first one was kind of banging on that on the other side of that gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, consistently yeah. and then uh then the other one uh the one that's at the base underneath the little girl um is also kind of like banging on that door um i i i wonder what that says about them but it's just a weird observation yeah i think they're really bum- bummed out yeah yeah i would also just say that they're just like low intelligent brutes yeah low intelligence brutes you know um set to a task and then just kind of mindlessly doing it you know yeah um because there's something like they're not quite human Right. There's something going on with those guys. Like, I mean, I guess they could be if the art style was more exaggerated for humans in general. Mm-hmm. Like, they could be humans in, like, Bioshock or Dishonored, <laughs> but they're not humans in, in Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so as you... And I always draw him back across the bridge anyway, just because he's being covered by a Molotov co- tossing a lady inside this uh, this stable. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inside this bar. <laughs> this really spooky bar. Yeah, full of full of dead horses. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. This, this barn is awesome. It's one of my favorite uh set pieces in the entire game. Mm. <laughs> I love how dark it is. Like this is this is you definitely have to have a torch in this if you're if you want to hope to avoid any kind of ambush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's one of the, I haven't had the pleasure of playing the game with uh, headphones yet but even without headphones it's the audio here is awesome i mean it, it just gets really spooky there's like uh this moving uh door i think it is i forgot what the object is in the environment but it was like it's getting smacked against the mm. building with the wind and it's just <laughs> the whole area is really spooky it's great yeah super super cool um if you head up to the top of this um one you run into a uh, a wheelchair mm-hmm. uh hunter mm-hmm. which is kind of odd like, what's that guy? That guy's far from but, home. But this is sort of one part of the level where I actually sort of did have an interpretation of what's going on with the storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. This is a little short story, I guess. Because I was thinking about the wheelchair guy. He seems kind of out of place. And uh, But when you approach him, his back is... you. you he's, like, aimed away from you. He's looking more towards this open windowsill type area. And uh, there's a corpse that's, like, draped over that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I get the impression like he's like the poor, like he's like the farmer guy who's just trying to protect his barn. Like it's like someone was trying to climb in through that open spot and he shot him. And there's also this one other uh, corpse on the floor that's laid out more like respectfully. It looks like they weren't maybe killed. And like, I wonder if that was like a family member of his that passed oh. away. So it's weird. I definitely get the sense like he, he's he's protecting his uh, his barn. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Like the 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 bottom floor is just kind of all lousy with with witches yeah and uh and he's just kind of got this de- defense set yeah up. he's like hold up on the top floor yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah I-, I don't know is it just my bias against farm equipment or do those workstations that are like a you know kind of scattered around this uh stable they, they look pretty grisly right it's it's a con it's context yeah <laughs> like i don't think you can be blamed for <laughs> for thinking something that. terrible is happening yeah like they're not just like you know crafting horseshoes and <laughs> i don't know what farmers do <laughs> the blacksmith carry. <laughs> yeah. the, ho- the horseshoe harvest is pretty slim this year. <laughs> yeah, I got a horseshoe up to an elephant's eye. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking what they could do at a work at a workshop. Yeah, what a, what a farmer does at a work like a workbench. Yeah, like farm work, I guess. T- tightens Co- the tightens corn. the corn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> corn tightening. <laughs> yep. Um, corn sarn its brother. <laughs> corn tightening. He's the brutish country mouse to corn sarnet city mouse. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> that, that's a continuation of the duck feed wide. Yeah, exactly. Run, running joke of corn Ang- sarnet. Angling for a wiki. The, um... <laughs> Yep. So, uh, can, can can you tell me why you think there's a, there's a madman's knowledge up here? Because I, I've I've started paying attention to where those turn up. Hmm. Um. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I stopped paying attention to where those turn up. Like oh. I started out paying attention. Hmm. Like we, I feel like we probably had opposite arcs because that first uh, cathedral ward grave, you know, grave area with all the madman's knowledge. I was like, oh, this is significant. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like as the game goes on, there are more of them that are just on corpses places right so i don't know um yeah i mean if you have any ideas I, i'm not oh no uh, confident I, I, in that opinion i just you know i, I kind of stopped paying attention I, I really i really don't i just I, i'm i'm curious about kind of like the the channelers and in, in dark souls one mm. like 
people, you know, Mad Men's knowledge comes from people who have really high insight, right? Yeah. And, and just we'll leave that, leave it in those terms for spoiler reasons and wondering what they are doing in those places and specifically why it turns up right there or where, you know, wherever it does outside of the places where it kind of feels like they are just dropped there for items purposes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of grasping at straws for item based storytelling, but um, that's, that's kind of the best indication I have. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of tricky. I in in retrospect, it seems odd that like humanities um, were and and stones of ephemeral eyes were uh, so haphazardly placed in the mm-hmm. previous games, right. given that they did have like this lower significance and also were such an important item. But they, I never thought to think about like there are no instances that I or very few instances I can think of of like meaningfully placed versions of like the item equivalent of that. Right. You know. Um, it could be, I'm not saying that they don't exist, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's that frequent. It feels just like a high value reward, but to, I mean, to your point, like this does seem like it's just kind of in the middle of the, the level. Yeah. They could also maybe be trying to give them out at this point so that maybe you're tempted to use them and then you could oh, uh, yeah. run, run into the, um, the, <laughs> I forget what they're called already. The, oh, the uh, mad ones. Yeah. The mad ones. Yeah. So you can trip the limit. Yeah, right. that could that could definitely be trip the limit. Are you a snowboarder all of a sudden? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you, so you can do a, a, a mad sick nasty. Yeah. A four sixty eight six. Four twenty fuck my dad. Yeah. yeah. The um I love when you when you leave this area and you go out on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um one because you get this huge view of this lake, uh, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um you get to see this big castle in the distance, which I really like. But I love the way these roofs are built to kind of overlap. And like, Mm -hmm. it gives the impression of like building, like it makes me think of like the Winchester mystery house. Like you just kind of keep building on top of this thing and it's kind of like metastasizing, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as a structure, like it's not, it's not built being built with care at this point, you know? So like sections of roof overlap, like there are sections that, uh, you know, kind of run into one another and jut at odd angles. Um, it just kind of like, I like that, that kind of, uh, uh, tone by architecture. Yeah, it's a uh, it's the Hemic Walled City. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like that a lot. So I, I'm really happy that we have you here for this illusory <laughs> because I'm wondering I'm wondering if you have a better answer for this than I do. What is that castle off in the distance? What is the castle? Yeah. Uh, wait, isn't that kind of like spoilers? Maybe. Is it? Uh, if if you're if you're asking whether if, if you want to say that's Kanehurst, we've said the the name Kanehurst and that there's a castle. Yeah. Yes. Connected. So that's I mean, what that, I always assumed it was, but I haven't looked very close. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. In fact, the you bring it up as a question is now making me like totally second guess myself because I was like totally totally confident that's what that was. Hmm. Um, because I feel like that is in the general direction of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the path that you take to get there yeah. later on. I think the geography lines up. Like, I think it's a straight path from the path that you take. I mean, uh, there's a cutscene and all for that, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that was meant to be Kanehurst. I guess mm-hmm. with, before the game came out too, um, I didn't try to watch like too many, like I, I sort of, uh, I don't play completely spoiler free, but I don't keep up with like all of the trailers, mm-hmm. but I did remember like seeing mentions of the Kanehurst castle early on. And my first time through this area, as soon as I saw it, just in my head, I was like, that's Kanehurst. So yeah. mm. I might be a little bit uh, biased because of that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's my best guess at it, too. The only thing that throws me off is the is the weather. Well, so we'll talk about that when we get to, to Kanehurst. Yeah. So I like and without you can put it in a marker here, Cole. 
because mm-hmm. I'll just say it and it doesn't have to go in the episode. Sometimes. I figured that's the case, but I just also like it's hard to get a good look because of the weather. Um, uh, at, yeah. the, at like kind of the, yeah. the silhouette that Kanehurst facade um, covers yeah. up, and so and so just a whole bunch of like a bunch of stuff is making me like second guess that. Yeah, and the fact that your monocular only gives you like a ten inch zoom, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I will I will sen- I will I'll, I'll censor something with that something in there. <laughs> so okay. it'll be fine. We we'll just okay. keep keep a keep it rolling. But okay. but yeah, um, this is the, yeah, the, the these rooftops. I also get the sense that they're doing some rooftop farming too because they've gra- mm. grass is growing out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like because it's it's been built into the side of the mountain. Yeah, like it's almost you get the sense of like a mountain growing up out of a house, mm-hmm. which is which is crazy and, and cool. Um, as you so you head down, you have this other little rooftop area where there are some more, uh, you know, more. You know, just witches or uh, ladies, and and uh, there's another brick troll mm-hmm. um, that you fight up here. But you go down to the other side of that gate, and uh, you see this area that's full of like executioners and dogs. Um, which at this point, executioners are, executioners are non-trivial, right? Like, and and running into two of them right at the base of when you get down from this little silo mm-hmm. that you walk past is a uh, you know corpse silo too. This is a <laughs> silo filled with corpses. Yeah. Um, the uh, is is can be really tough, but uh, hopefully you can get to that that gate and unlock it. Yeah, and uh, that will give you a pretty good straight shot back through this area, which um, mm-hmm. actually opens up a really good um, a really good farming location as well. Mm-hmm. Um, after you defeat the Witch of Hemlock, you can actually uh, run back and these uh, and these executioners drop a lot of stuff. But as of right now, there are so many of them and they're on a patrol path to where fighting one will definitely get you in trouble with another. Yeah, or the dogs. Yeah. Uh, so many dogs. And they're hanging out down by the bridge, by the, uh, by the, by the lake, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah, that's dogs for you. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, uh, so you head down to the lake and you get a, a rune, the lake rune, mm-hmm. which augments defense. Um, and lakes are interesting in Bloodborne lore um, because they act as this kind of bulwark against the, uh, like, you know, the, the the gods. Yeah. You know, for lack of, of getting too far into the later half game cosmology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know. And this is, I think, the third uh, rune that we've gotten, aside from mm-hmm. the communion rune in, uh, in, the, in the cathedral and also the, uh, the beast rune at the bottom of, uh, of the cathedral ward as well. And uh, we're going to get the item that lets you use those later on. And we'll guess we'll discuss what, they, what those actually are uh, when that very happens. Soon. Yes, yeah. very, very soon. And so on your way up here, you're on your, your way to the boss, really. Um, on your way to this huge structure, this kind of old, torn-out castle mm-hmm. um, on your way here. Which is like, it's very interesting. Like, there's a couple of interesting, things that happen, interesting things that happen. Like one, you have an executioner that's kind of like, he looks like he's kneeling in front of this uh, treasure chest mm-hmm. next to this, this uh, cabin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what why he's doing that. Um, but the uh, the main thing I wanted to, that I really noticed this last run through um, is how big and elaborate the structure looks for how little of it we get to explore. Yeah. And um, that we're heading into, and it just like suggests like what what is this? What build? What <laughs> purpose does this building take up? Well, it, it reminds me of Harvest Valley. Or, or, or the uh, the Earth and Peak a little bit, just in the way that it looks. I don't know if that's a color palette thing, um, or just kind of they're in similar states of decrepitude. But mm-hmm. um, you know that doesn't say anything about the purpose of it. But that's what it's reminiscent of. It just seems out of character for like we know who lives here, and it mm-hmm. is a person of station. But it seems like an odd place for that person to live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it just it's just interesting and like so you go up there you go past the witches you get on the ground floor which is just corpse city <laughs> like just full of just bad corpses everywhere yeah um on the ground oh and the and the road up to this would make vlad the impaler jealous yeah <laughs> because yeah. you have all these bagged and crucified bodies um you know stuck up on these pikes um on either side of the road Oh, yeah. one thing I, one thing I want to mention about this the path that ramps ramps up in the executioner is he has some pretty funny AI where for some reason, I mean I've never seen him do anything else. As you go up, he once he catches aggro, he does like a beeline towards the boss area. Mm. Um it's so weird that like I, I I've triggered his aggro being like like <laughs> it's made me panic fighting the witches at the same time like oh god, he's going to ambush me right now. <laughs> uh, but he just runs away. Are you oh. talking about the one that's uh that's behind the cabin? Yes. Okay. Huh. I always, I've always like gone to him. Ah. Like, uh, so I've never actually seen that. Um, and then if I'm coming back from the, the, the boss area, I always fight him on the way up. Yeah. Right. So I've never right. seen yeah. where he if, ultimately goes. If you go up the path and like pull the witches first towards the edge of the path, like once you aggro them, he just goes and like runs off, runs away. It's really weird. Huh. That is, that is weird. Yeah. That's curious. He's very, uh, like when you're doing the farming run, he's very unpredictable. It feels like. And maybe yeah. that's just because he's not doing something that feels logical to me. Yeah, he, he he's definitely got some weird paths going on, I guess. He's, he's not the standard executioner. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, But you get to this 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 room, you head down into the basement, and we're heading into the boss fight with the Witch of Hemwick. This is uh, a very non-standard fight. <laughs> Like this yeah. is this is more in line with your Gascoins than your uh, the, the, than your cleric beast, or even like something even weirder. Yeah, like even even more non-standard. Like not quite as non-standard as like Girl Vinland, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it is this is a, a really interesting boss fight, and I was like, a lot of my goodwill of this area for this area comes from this boss fight, and just being so different than everything we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Like the Gascoin fight is is awesome. Like, it is a fight with a hunter with your same skill set. The fact that ultimately you end up doing a lot more of those takes a little bit of a shine off. Like, it just makes it a little bit less unique. Mm-hmm. Like you fight a lot of, of hunters with your same skill set. They're not quite as substantial as Gascoigne, but they're similar. But up until this point, it's been beast, beast, beast. And this is just, like, weird. Like, I've always liked the uh, like the, the gimmicky boss fights. Your false idols. Yeah, my, my false idols, my, uh, my Priscilla's. And, and- pinwheel as well that sort of vibe yeah i love that like just when you when you get here it's just like this big empty spooky room and there's one of these things that you very well could have already ran into there's these mad ones um here that that is here and then uh apparently nothing else and (laughs) yeah exactly you kill this mad one and then you just have to you actually have to find the boss um and god like we can talk for just a second about how this boss looks (laughs) Um, this is a meat. Like, I love this. Yeah. Like, so she doesn't reveal herself until you get close enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very, it's like a, a distanced limited. Uh, you have to, you have to trip the limit on her. Yes. But a to in order to actually see her. And she, she's kind of tiny. Like she's uh, kind of smaller than you by virtue of this hunchback that she has. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing an outfit made out of eyeballs. Like she is, she's like that Aquatine <laughs> Hunger Force where Carl gets made out of eyeballs. If I woke up looking like that, I run towards the nearest thing and kill it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the uh, she she's just got eyeballs hanging from her. Like she's just festooned her entire outfit with them, mm-hmm. and it's just so creepy. 
Yeah. Like, it's so good. I mean, especially because, like, maybe, you know, because, because of the way the, 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 the fight is paced, you're only going to see a little bit of it or a, a little bit of her at a time before yeah. it really sinks in. Yeah, like, oh, what are these? What is this design? Oh, she's covered with pustules. <laughs> oh, no, she isn't. Like, no. she's just, yeah, she is a witch. And she's covered. She's wearing. A I, I wonder if if maybe she wants more like eyes on the inside, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know. But she's not really doing that the correct way. She's just taking them actual eyeballs from other people. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> you you have to share what the person on Facebook said. Oh, um, it's very funny. Um, let me let me find the person okay, just so I can sure. give them proper credit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like because there's more like enemies later in the game. Like the um, they've achieved that through their own like uh, own sort of organic process but this is uh this is like a witch who's maybe has the idea that this is something that's possible but yeah oh she's cargo culting it right yeah well that, that, that's actually i was gonna when we get into what she's out ultimately guarding that's mm-hmm. kind of lines up with my my best theory yeah. about mm-hmm. her that i was gonna gonna say but let me uh let me take us back into yeah. this facebook thing so i've been today since i was doing all this research i've been talking sugar about the design of this boss and finding higher res images like cole said um you don't really get a good look um so i posted a really great picture of her on our facebook and uh uh doug on our facebook i won't share his last name um wrote uh don't dress for the insight you have dress for the insight you want that's very funny um it's so a good job doug <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but um you, you only have a, a very short um window of opportunity to either see uh this the, the, the switch or do damage to her yes um backstabs like if you can do a charge attack and do a backstab that's your best bet um i didn't figure that out until like my fourth time fighting her <laughs> like not it didn't take me i this is a, a boss who i aced on my first run through but like the fourth character i ran through here mm-hmm. i figured out like oh she's very slow i can probably backstab her and that does tons of damage but she still has more tricks yeah to her. so like, during the entire fight more mad ones are spawned um the kind of trick to these similar to a later boss um is not to fight them yeah um, because they're not, they move very slowly and they're kind of hard to avoid and you can juke them using the, the really interesting geometry of this level, which are these kind of two ramps and um, that go through. But after you do enough damage to the witch, um, another one appears. So there <laughs> are actually it? two witches. Well, there have been there are, two witches all along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. One of them will make itself known to you, I guess. Yes. Um, so, and that one has a health meter that you can't actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like, that's a cool twist. Like, yeah. you know, this entire time I thought there was one witch. There's actually two witches. <laughs> what if one witch was two witch? Works for me. Um, which witch is which? Exactly. Escape from, <laughs> escape from which witch. Um, the, uh, uh, so what she does is she kind of like her, she's pretty weak. And that's why she's summoning these mad one things. Um, she wants to paralyze you is the attack that I, you know, only ever really got hit by. Yeah. Um, where she shoots these rings. And then if she does it, she climbs onto you and pries your eyeball out <sighs> with this like wicked tool thing that she has, which like I'm looking at a high res image of it now and it looks like a, a beak attached to a bone, mm-hmm. like a crow's beak attached to a bone. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a trim, like a tremendously damaging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you are of low enough level, that's going to one shot you. Yeah, it is, it is a really high damage attack. And that's, I mean, it's fair because it's so slow and the windup is so considerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she just wants more eyes. Like, that's her thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you just walked two volunteer eyes right to her front door. So, yep. yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. This is one of those bosses that's not that hard, but like, I'm still afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
It, uh, that tends to happen with souls bosses for me where I necessar don't necessarily have that hard of a time defeating them because I feel like I don't really learn the encounter that much. So mm -hmm. it's like I just did the fight a game again in New Game Plus the other night, mm -hmm. and the whole thing was very close, and I beat it on my first try, which I guess you could say that means it's not that hard, but at the whole time I was still just kind of like, don't screw this up, don't screw this up. Like, And, the, and the, in New Game Plus, I mean, the, it takes a long time to take this boss down. It's, yeah. I mean, it's designed to be tense, right? Because after you do, you do damage to her, she she cloaks up again, you know, and teleports mm -hmm. away. So you're you're trying to find... You're trying to find her, but like something that happened to me is, you know, you're, you're walking around. She kind of blends into the blends into the background a little bit. I would have like activated her or aggroed her again without realizing it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just to have her come up and, you know, do a tremendous amount of damage to me there. So like it, it doesn't matter if she was visible the whole time. This would be a completely different fight, you know, because it would be less tense. Mm -hmm. She's so she's so subtle. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, she, as subtle as you can be wearing a coat made of eyeballs, <laughs> but like, she's not like, we're so used to mon like bosses in this game, just like screaming and coming right at us. Yeah. Like every boss we've fought so far has been very aggressive. Yeah. Um, she, like you said, you will just run into her without knowing it. And she, even her animations, the way she walks around, like she has nowhere better to be, <laughs> you know, like just kind of like, like she's got all the time in the world and you just get the sense that like boy, like this is, this is what children in, in, uh, Yarnum were scared of. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is, this oh, is the yeah. story that they told to people in Yarnum, like watch, you know, watch don't go your into the eyes. woods. Yeah. Don't <laughs> go into the woods. Watch your eyes. If you go into the woods, because the witch <laughs> of Hemwick will, will take them from you. <laughs> like it is a fairy tale come to life. Like, you know, like a, a really dark fairy tale. Like all of my favorite bosses in this game are not hard. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and are these weird concept ones that I just mm -hmm. think are just like really imaginative and evocative to me for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just love it. Like it is, it is one of my favorite bosses in the game. Yeah. Um, super, super good. Mm -hmm. If you defeat one of these witches, um, uh, the other one after a while will raise the first one. I have, see, I've not seen that. Yeah. Um, I always tended to like just on accident because I can't see both health bars, but mm -hmm. kept them at more or less the similar <laughs> amount of health. Um, but I, I've read that online that they do that. It happened to me the first time. The first time I, I fought this, uh, I also aced her, but it was very close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and also it just takes a long time. Like she's relatively tanky if you're not doing backstabs. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you go to this area as soon as you're able to, which is not a bad idea because of what we'll talk about next. Um, so it makes sense that you would give her enough time to, to really do that. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, I just can't say Enough good things about the witch hammer. <laughs> like, I love this. Uh, I love this concept of, of this boss fight and the execution. Yeah, yeah it, it's great. Yeah, it's really really good. After you beat her, all the the rest of the mad ones die. Um, her arena has some statuary that's kind of interesting, but I can't make it out. Yeah, uh, these kind of bandaged figures in kind of praying motion, and then a large central lady mm -hmm. um, in the middle, who's kind of holding court. At first, I thought. Uh, was related to Kanehurst, but it's not. It right. doesn't look like doesn't look similar at all. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with the statuary and her her weird castle that she lives in. I don't know why she lives in a castle. Like I'm, those are the parts I don't have. I mean, is it possible that this is kind of a relic of a previous version of the society? Like like what if it's you know a, Th a Thumerian um, mm. castle or something like that? Something that kind of predates this, and because it has kind of regressed into this into this kind of like farming village or, you know, I guess corpse farm village. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, like she, she took up roost here because she is the, the, the figure of power. Right. Yeah. Cause she's a, she's a sinister hermit crab. Yeah. 
and she just finds castles and lives in them. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would buy it. The um the interesting thing, so she's guarding something. Again, this is you know, the last we fought the, the Blood Star Beast and he was guarding the way that we go into chalices. Mm-hmm. Um you head down this path behind her and you find this little workshop room um where there is a hunter tied to a chair who's long dead. Yep. And uh and he gives you the rune wa- workshop tool. Um, so when we talked about, um, what this thing does is it allows you to equip runes and it introduces, uh, Carol, like we've seen Carol in our rune descriptions, but this is the most we learn about him a little bit. Uh, two part question. Um, and the, the second part's predicated by the first part. <laughs> One, uh, do you think this is Carol? Um, and two, if so, I think that might be when we talked about her cargo culting it or her trying to do, um, her kind of kidnapping this, this person who made these runes and building this code out of eyes mm-hmm. stacks up to an imperfect understanding of what Willem's right. doing. Yeah. So like that could be what she's doing. Like she, the, the, these creatures are like, I do get the sense that these are like not intelligent creatures. Like these are base people, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that kind of comes in with that, like love, Lovecraft country. Like these are people on the sticks, you know, they're scary and gross um, sense. And this is her trying to gain that power, but not doing it very well. I like that a lot. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, so like the, the, the only reasons I would have to, uh, to say no to that are just that one, it would be too patent, too convenient. Um, Mm -hmm. but that is kind of counterbalanced by the, by the other reason, which is, um, I guess it'd be a reason for it's, it'd be unsatisfying if this was a nobody much like who has the carol rune yeah yeah you know much like it would be unsatisfying right you know you know it's 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 unsatisfying that the blood star beast is really nobody you know aside from probably another high-ranking official in the church right and like the like the the timeline i think kind of matches up because if you look at the description here um on the on the you know the thing itself it says hey this is letting you capture the kind of the 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 words and power of the old ones without using blood and willem would have would have again past tense would have approved so he came after this and that that timeline lines up with him being alive currently yeah yeah at the time you you run into it so he you know we know at some point and we're going to get into all of the the willem and and the, the church and and Bergenworth and all that stuff. It's just a little bit beyond where we're at now. But like, you know, Carol and his relationship to Willem and the way that they kind of worked, uh, like lines up with this. Mm-hmm. The idea that like, even if it's not actually Carol, if it's somebody who just has the tool and she's just trying to learn the same thing that Carol knows, which mm-hmm. we'll ultimately find out is that uh, Carol can actually take the sounds of the, the old one and inscribe them into these ruins. Yeah. So, and what's interesting too, if you look at this item really close up, it's a brand, yeah, um, in a, in a case, and you brand them onto your brain, um, <laughs> somehow. Like the description of how you put on runes is that you brand them onto your mind, yeah. But it's actually an iron <laughs> brand that looks like the uh, the bloodborne symbol, the hunter's mark, yeah. So. So it's kind of funny, right? Because that that also lines up thematically with the game, which is there is this thing beyond that a bunch of different people are trying to understand, and a lot of the conflict it kind of arises that, that 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 arises at least in the, on the human scale is from the like the sectarian you know ways that they differ in trying to find this truth right so mm-hmm. this 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 ru- this rural imperfect um and probably pretty crude kind of co-option of that you know really lines up yeah yeah that that's that's what that's where i lean on it um but again then if if she's trying to co-opt the Willem way mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. using runes and eyes that definitely 
means that the Kanehurst proximity is just a coincidence because that's right. so not what Kanehurst does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't form a complete picture, but it's fun to to fuck around and guess. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> being that we began the episode saying, "Man, I really don't know about the lore," like that's some pretty good, that's some pretty good travel for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah, say it's, like it's it, a, it, it wraps up kind of nicely. Yeah. Well, we solved it. Good job, boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? Well, next time we're going to be doing an episode about chalice dungeons. Um, and yes. because of the way these articulate, uh, it's going to be difficult for us to say ahead of time, like, hey, we're going to do these chalices, these chalices, these chalices. Um, so that's mm-hmm. going to shake out in the details as we approach it. Yeah, we'll probably. I mean, we're going to start with the chalices you can start with. Yeah. At this point. Um, so in, in that episode, we're going to be joined by Jeremy Greer of the uh, Dark Souls Haters uh, blog and frequent Bonfire Side Chat guest mm-hmm. and participant. Um, very frequent on uh, on Facebook. That guy is like, uh, he's like the guy <laughs> at work who's always willing to help you move. Yeah. Like if anybody goes on Facebook and they're like, I'm having a hard time with this boss. Like Jeremy's there to, he's got a character and he's ready to help out. So yeah. um, so we're happy to have him back. And it's going to be interesting to, because I, I admit that I haven't fully done the Chalice Dungeons mm-hmm. at the time of recording. Like I've done them. And poked my head in several times, but always end up getting kind of turned away. And for somebody who does a Bloodborne podcast, that's irresponsible and, oh, and yeah, wrong. And I should ne- neither, neither have I. And that's rare for me to get so behind in a Souls game. But uh, I've also been like super yeah. busy since Bloodborne came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't even completed the Chalice Dungeons. So I'm glad you yeah. didn't invite me on for that episode because <laughs> it's like usually as someone who pokes around and looks at a lot of the details of the game. I would just be constantly like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, there's like so many uh, like reoccurring questions and little odd details about the Chalice Dungeons that are neat, but uh, mm-hmm. I've never really got to poke around to any of those. Like, there's a couple of rare enemies that can pop up, and there's some weird details like a, a, a bell that you can find um, mm-hmm. that are interesting landmarks that people might have questions about, but, you know, I don't really know much about that stuff. I was gonna say like once once you the the PS4 dump happens or whatever, I'm gonna be really interested to see what what you and and the rest of the people who are into that stuff find about the Chalice Dungeons because everything someone's pointed out so far that's like a weird unique thing mm-hmm. uh, really gets me mm-hmm. going. It's just there's so much space between those things, um, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason why I haven't haven't gone through it. Not that I dislike them, like I like them, but I've I've been on the record of, of, for a while of like I view these as a bonus. Yeah. Like I view these as right. instead of nothing, they're great. Um, you know, they're not meant to be like perfectly designed and thoughtful little uh, levels the same way the rest of the game is. Yeah. So yeah, I find that I sort of enjoy them more sort of plopping down at like the short route chalice. And uh, I mean, sometimes it takes a really long time to get summoned, which sucks, but I don't know. I'll just sort of like do something else while I'm waiting to get mm-hmm. summoned. And I, I, I find the, them a lot more fun just helping other people rather than actually sort of going through it all myself. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what we're, what we're doing next. If you have anything to, to say about uh, the first kind of your first exposure or challenge dun- or chalice dungeons, um, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, in the meantime, uh, Illusory, thank you again for joining us. Just want to say yeah, thanks for say thanks. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Can can you remind uh, people online where they might be able to find you? Oh sure. Um, most of my stuff is on my Tumblr, which is illusorywall.tumblr.com. Um, sometimes I also just sort of post random stuff to my Twitter, which is illusory wall and also to the dark souls reddits. Uh, sometimes I put random topics in there. You can find, uh, if you want to sort of stalk what I do, I guess you could just look up my username on Reddit, uh, illusory wall and look at the topics I've posted. It's all sort of, uh, stuff that fits that same theme. So.
so that's where you can find illusory um and also you can you know hear his responses you, uh, you're you're pretty active in the uh, in the appendix episodes as well um as gary said you can go to duckv.tv slash contact our own admin stuff um you know there's the facebook group facebook.com slash bonfireside chat uh to kind of help get our number up we're still approaching 1000 which is really cool i would love to cross that milestone here shortly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and uh if you want to help out the show uh directly you can either rate and review us on itunes um that helps a lot it helps people learn about us um, you can tell a friend or a blog about it or Twitter about it. I love it when I see people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also uh, patronize us, patronize us mm-hmm. in, in the positive sense of the word. <laughs> Become our patrons at uh, patreon.com forward slash DuckBeatTV. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that also the number has also been climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a personal plug I want to throw in just real quick. If you go to uh, GaryButterfield.itch.io, um, I have released a game by the time this drops. So you can oh. download that. Um, check it out. It is a short, a interactive short story. Um, just a few bucks, you get the game and the soundtrack and stuff. And uh, I would appreciate it if you guys checked it out. So, yeah. do, do you want to say the name of the game? Uh, the game, the name of the game is uh, Early Frost Warning. So it's the only thing on my page on Itch.io. It's not actually mm-hmm. on there at the time of recording uh, because I am compiling the uh, the soundtrack stuff right now. But it's all all done and, and tested and stuff. And you know, it's hard to make a game. It takes <laughs> it takes a long time. Um, I want to throw out a quick uh, quick. Thank you to uh, Sean Og Murphy too, who helped me out with some of the scripting um, in that, and we uh, have some goodies his way because he uh, generously helped me with his time or lent me his time because I am not uh, not the most uh, code and script uh, kind of capable person. So, cool. yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. Yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they do, Cole? Uh, they should, oh boy, there's no dialogue in this area. Uh, (laughs) they should listen for the murmurs in the graveyard. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. I can't wait. (laughs) 